We're going to do something a little bit different today. And instead of a sermon of sorts, um, we're actually going to, as you saw, we're going to be hearing some stories. So Mike's going to come up and join me. The reason we're doing that is because we, again, want to hear what God is doing. My son, not too long ago, we were talking about the Bible together, and he looked at me and he said, Dad, why is it that I don't see anything today that God is doing like they did back in the Old Testament and in the New Testament? I know no one in here has ever asked that question. But in case you have, I think it's important for us to hear these types of things because it's through stories like these which you'll hear today, both what we're doing right around the corner and we're doing around the world, that we'll see, that will show you that God does do miraculous things in and through the lives of his people and all glory goes to him. So we're going to start with Mike and he's going to share a little bit about what's going on in Poland. And then from there, Dick will come up and share about what uh, we're moving toward with Mongolia. And then later on, you'll hear from some folks with Maple Hill Ministries. So thanks, Mike. Thanks, Brian. As many of you know, uh, YZF Free has been sending teams to Poland for 15 years. Many of you have traveled to Poland on short-term trips. Um, and I would guess that just about anyone who has attended this church uh, for more than a few years has been involved in Poland ministries in some way. Mary and I and our family have been participating in English camps in southern Poland for the past nine years. And so, in fact, dozens of men, women and children from this church have traveled to Poland to serve in many different capacities. And we're so thankful to have been able to have a front row seat uh, seeing God's hand at work in the lives of the people in Poland. And in the lives of men and women here at YZ as a result of us of us going. Well, I get the privilege of sharing how God has taken these investments of this church, of this body, and how he has brought about life changing fruit in people's lives. First, I'd like to share how YZ Free has been able to be a blessing to the church in Głogów, Poland. Uh, we decided last year as a body to place a special emphasis on our partnership with our sister church in Głogów, Poland. Pastor Kevin and one of our elders, Paul Beerhouse, traveled to Głogów early last year, and they were able to identify some opportunities that God had given the church in Głogów, ministry opportunities to unbelievers in their community that could not be carried out fully because of a lack of facilities. Just a very practical problem. But seeing the need for a larger facility the Baptist Church began an expansion project in about 2006. Unfortunately, the church ran into some financial constraints and was not able to complete the project. So the pictures that you're seeing right now are basically how the church looked for two years. It sat unfinished. And as a result, this little church of about 150 members was trying to use a facility smaller than our fellowship hall in total, to serve about three to 400 from their community each week, including a church-run English, English school with over 200 students. So we, Wyzetta, and all of you, um, we held a missions festival with a silent auction last year. We also had a massive garage sale last spring. Many of you remember that. Filled a semi-truck full of garage sale items donated by all of you and had a huge three-day grad sale. And through the festival, the grad sale, and several gifts from individuals, we were able to raise over $15,000 to help with that expansion project. 
After two years, uh, the church had become very discouraged about the project, as you can imagine, having this empty, unfinished half of a building sitting there. And though the 15000 wasn't enough to fully finish off this project, uh, God used this money to encourage the Polish people. And they were also able to raise additional money from within their congregation and uh, within their community. The project was finished last fall, as you can see, <laughs> and the church sent us this beautiful plaque uh, to, as a token of appreciation and thanks for, for the efforts and the money that we sent them. And uh, as you can see, the space is constantly being used. We, they, they were able to add seven classrooms of different sizes, a small space for their teachers to use as office space, and a fellowship hall uh, in addition. And as a result, unbelievers are coming to the church. They're building relationship with believers uh, in this building as a result of the, of the gifts and time that we put in and, and the ability to expand the facility. Well, Carol Miller also spent some time in Gwoguf last spring. Uh, he met with staff and elders for a few days on an encouragement trip and uh, to help encourage them with their ministry. He was also able to meet with the mayor of Gwoguf while he was there and arranged for Sam Rotman. Some of you may have remember him uh, being here last spring, a world-class concert pianist to perform a free concert for the entire community, which was, of course, sponsored by the Baptist Church in Gwoguf. Paul Beerhaus, who is a military police officer and a detective with the, with the Minneapolis Police Department, he traveled to Guogoof with Dave Schultz, who is an active uh, Minneapolis Police Department um, in service there. Paul did seminaries, seminars on CSI procedures, and Dave did some seminars on counterterrorism tactics. Police officers showed up for these seminaries from towns and large cities from around the entire region in Poland. They were featured in about a five-minute spot in the evening national news uh, on a network in Poland. And, of course, Pastor Zbyszek and the Baptist Church of Głogów was right there in the interview uh, as, as the group that coordinated the entire event. Right now, Paul Bierhaus, many of you know, Paul Bierhaus, Dave Schultz, and several other members of our church are in Poland right now building a playground that uh, was donated by kids around the world and by Rotary and, of course, the Baptist Church in Gogoof. Uh, it's just a large public playground in a city park uh, that, that, that will have, that will be known as a park put there by that church. Well, last year we also did another English camp. You saw the pictures already up there. Um, if you've ever been to an English camp, you know what a special time this is. It's hard work from 6 a.m. to midnight. For about eight days, unbelievers uh, have an opportunity, though, to live in a Christ-centered community under the authority of the Holy Spirit. It's just a special time. Last year, uh, as a result of this camp, we saw seven or eight, I don't remember the exact number, but seven or eight people committed their lives to Christ. Nearly every single unbeliever at the camp expressed that their understanding of God had changed as a result of this. Just amazing to see God work. People like Maria and her family. Maria began sending her daughter to the English school at the church about three years ago and has attended the camp for two years. The Gwogov Church also began praying with her for her husband who, uh, who, who began suffering from cancer a couple of years ago. He was not open to spiritual things. He had a lot of anger towards God. But we all kept praying for him here in Poland 
and for his health. And the, and we had opportunities to share with Marie at the camp about God's love. And the church in Guoguv continued to care for and love this family. And God has kept Robert alive. He still has cancer, but he's alive. But we learned uh, this January that after Christmas, Robert, Maria, and their daughter began attending the Baptist church. It's, it's a miracle to us. We don't know how the story is going to end, but we do know that God is at work. Well, our theme today is Arise and Make God Visible. So how has God been made visible through these ministries that all of us have participated in Poland? Well, he is visible in the generosity this church has shown towards this small town and this small church 5,000 miles away. Most of us have never even been there. He's visible to our community who saw our entire church basement full of literally thousands of items donated by all of you uh, in, for this small English school in Poland. He was visible to the police officers from across western Poland. He was visible even on the national evening news. <laughs> he, he, was, he was visible in the English camps where people experience the love of God and are literally shocked by it when they experience it firsthand. He is visible in the testimony of a world-famous concert pianist. And he's visible to men and women like Maria and Robert. I wish I could tell lots of stories like that, who have seen the love of Christ in their own lives firsthand. Made possible when men, women, teens, even children, people like you and me, have a heart for hurt and losting people and just decide we're going to follow God in what he's calling us to do. Well, as I mentioned before, why is that a free put a special emphasis on partnering with Poland last year. And we're, we're just beginning to see the fruit of this uh, of this uh, partnership and extra investment. But this year we're excited to see what God's going to do with a similar emphasis in Mongolia. And so Dick August is going to talk to us about this ministry. Well, again, good morning, Mike. Thanks so much for sharing that. And, and my heart has been moved just by the stories I've heard this morning already taking place here locally. The story I want to share with you started about five and a half years ago when George and uh, Terry Kenworthy, a young couple from our church, and this is the young George Kenworthy, not to be confused with the old George Kenworthy who served as pastor of, of our church here. Uh, you see George and Terry here with, um, and this is George just being George with uh, Georgia, if you just go back one slide real quickly, Andrea, I just want to show you their family. That's uh, Joseph that George is holding in Georgia that you saw with a little Mongolian child with them. The story started five and a half years ago. You can go on. When they were called to go to Mongolia, they responded to the call of Jesus Christ to go to an area where uh, it is um, virtually untouched. Uh, they started in the capital city and then moved to Sukhbatar, which is just a few miles south of the Siberian border. And from there have reached out to two small towns that are so remote, you have to make sure you have enough petroleum to get there and back because there's not always enough gas to get back once you reach there. And once you get there, there are, are no other roads beyond that. It's the end of the trail. I've been to both of those those towns where there are literally people who have never heard the name of Jesus. They have never held a Bible in their hands. And it was to this area that uh, George and Terry were called. And if you go to that next slide, the environment in Mongolia, if you don't know where Mongolia is, it's kind of a football-shaped country wedged between Russia to the north and China to the south. It's a very harsh environment. 
a challenging of the winter, temps can go below 50 below, that's Fahrenheit, and remain there for a long time. Uh, two winters ago, the United Nations declared a disaster area for the entire nation because of all of the livestock that they depend so heavily upon that were killed. A member of the church that uh, George and Terry have, have begun uh, lost his foot. He was amputated because he did not have enough wood to heat the literal shack that he lives in in this 50 below temperature. And in spite of the harshness, it's a beautiful countryside. Uh, we talk about Big Sky Montana, but I'm telling you, you ain't seen nothing. Big Sky, until you've seen the Big Sky of Mongolia and the rolling steppes. Uh, the uh, white little housing areas you see are called gares, very similar to the Native Americans of this country in the past. Uh, they are nomadic. They will move from place to place during the year with their herds and their family. Uh, some of our college students spent an overnight in one of these gares, and you'll see them just dotting the countryside in this very harsh uh, environment. They live in those. This is overlooking a river, and beyond the river you will see Siberia. So it's a beautiful country in spite of its, its harshness. The religious tradition and belief, there are less than 1% of the 3 million in the country that claim to be believers in Jesus Christ. Buddhism and animism are the traditions and the culture and the belief system uh, that you'll see there. At the highest point in every province, the people will come and put in place prayer flags trying to appease the spirits and the gods. And then the next slide, uh, slide you will see where Buddha is revered. By the way, that's Buddha in the background. That's Joe Norton with the red shirt in front. He's one of our college, one of our college students here, and I didn't want that to be confused. But this is the belief, this is the belief system that they have. The people are wonderful. They are warm. But it's a very dark country spiritually. Uh, we have seen people going to the mother tree to pray for whatever it is they want to appease the gods. George will say, when the people come to him, the new believers, this is like the first century church in Acts. And when the people come to him and say, George, should we take down the idols off of our, uh, you know, off the table in our house? Should we burn the idols? At that point, George understands and realizes that they really understand what belief in Jesus Christ is. So animism in Buddhism is prevalent. We have very close ties with Wyzetta Free Church. We have sent six teams in the last five and a half years to work alongside George and Terry with some of the most beautiful kids. I love seeing the kids up front here singing. And as we see them, we also see and realize that the hearts of these, these kids are just yearning and, and wanting. They are so open to the gospel. Many of the kids in this VBS uh, playtime, again, had never heard the name of Jesus Christ. I asked in the group, I said, how many of you have ever heard of Jesus? A few raised their hands, but several had never, ever heard. So this is the environment that they're working in and that we are sending people to work in. I love this slide because this was the end of a vacation Bible school. We were leaving that town and these two little girls didn't want to say goodbye to Laura Sherbinsky and Elise DeRoche. They just were clinging to them and hanging on. So we do have very, very close ties. As a matter of fact, Kevin, our lead pastor, is going a week from tomorrow to spend a week and see this firsthand. One thing, just before I show you a quick video, during that crisis that we talked about, the community center that George works out of and that was built by the Free Church was highly recognized by the government of Mongolia as being the first one to be the most efficient in responding to that, uh, that disaster and that crisis. And I just want you to know 
that Wyzetta participated in that in a very real way by providing money for fuel, by providing quilts that were made here in this church. And I, uh, my time is very, very short, but I want to take this time. If there are any women in this church sitting here right now that participated in making the quilts, would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to ask you to. Uh, uh, I see some. But our church made quilts, and you'll see them being distributed. And uh, so the community center has been recognized. George has been named the humanitarian of the year for all of Mongolia for what that community center is doing and what we are helping them do. If you'd roll that video, uh, Andrea, the music behind this is some traditional music, but this will tell you what the emphasis is for this year. I love this slide, and I'm going to close in just a few moments here. That last slide, there were a picture of three, uh, two daughters and the, and the grandmother. And if you see their faces, there's a young daughter who still has a smile and hope in her face. The older daughter, you can already see that the harshness of the, of the country and the culture is starting to take its toll. And then the grandmother, who is blind and, uh, and has lived a very hard life. And it's into this environment that Terry and George and Wyzetta Free Church want to move to provide medical care for the poor who are denied access to medical care. Let me close with just a thank you note, if you could show those last two slides. This was addressed to Wyzetta Free Church, and it's for you. Dearest Dick, we really appreciate your visit every year, your training for kids about our great God, and for everything you are doing for Mongolia. Your church, your team, is our church and our team. So you showed us God's love and how you are serving for God. We never forget you. Wyzetta is in our heart. We are so thankful for God and for your church for sending God's great and faithful kids, George and Terry. God bless you. The impact that Wyzetta is having on this literally first century church is just uh, powerful. And it will be long lasting. You'll be hearing much more about the medical clinic as we focus on it uh, throughout the year. George and Terry and the doctor will be coming in August and we hope to present them with the funds we've raised for that medical clinic. Thank you so much. So we're going to end off with a little bit of time today um, with two very special people. And uh, it is just another example of how things just turn itself on its head. Um, when we first came here, Jill was on staff, and I was standing next to her, working alongside her doing youth ministry, and now everything's on its head. Now I'm on staff, and Jill is working alongside of me in ministry, and uh, it's just been fun to do that. Um, what we're going to do is uh, kind of share with you um, a local um, example, similar to what you've heard. So when we went into Poland, um, we, we looked at what can we do in that community that will have an impact, and one of the main things was we set up a center. And we began to do things there. And we did the same thing with Mongolia. And we said, what can we do there? And George began putting together a community center and did that. And now you'll see that it's expanding to be a medical clinic. What happens in those centers is they become rallying points. And uh, so you're going to hear some of that um, stuff today. When we started thinking about um, what things we should be involved in as a church, um, we also believe as a staff and as, uh, as elders that it's important to respond to what God has brought to us. And uh, one of the things that um, God has brought to us is what is now being called Maple Hill Ministries out of our church. Um, and it's been a long time coming. Jill, you serve as the champion for Maple Hill Ministries and as my wife. And... As that champion, how, how have you been involved um, with Maple Hill and what has been the history there? 
Some of you know Beth McCann. She um, served as a nurse in the Rockford School District, and she got to know some of the kids that lived in this Maple Hill Estates community and just had some um, compassion and concerns there. And so what she did is um, started doing an informal VBS. I was on staff here with the middle school students, and she came and asked me, can you bring some middle school students to help with the energy level and just doing some things a little bit more formal? And I said, Sure, we can do that. And so I gathered some middle school students and we went out there and I didn't even know this community existed. It's about 15 minutes from here in Corcoran off of Bass Lake Road. And um, we I was blown away by the possibilities and the opportunities there. There's 187 mobile homes. There's over 100 children in this community. Uh, you're seeing a picture of one of the years that's in the 2001 uh, church directory. These kids are now 25 years old, 24 years old. So we've been there a number of years. Um, we've been there, Beth started in 1991, and we are still there. And Lisa, um, you also serve on the leadership team and the management team for Maple Hill Ministries. What has, your been, what has been your involvement there? Well, I moved to Maple Hill in 2006 after living in North Minneapolis for 13 years. I needed a safer community for my children to grow up in with affordable housing and after that um, in 2007 my children found out about VBS and Adventure Club and got involved in that and um, I really wanted places somewhere to serve and I started praying and I really felt called by God to serve in my community because I felt it was a forgotten community it's um, the working poor they don't make enough to provide for their needs, but they make too much to get any government assistance. And um, I met Beth McCann, and she had started a woman's Bible study in 2009. And um, we talked and thought the community might be better served if we could get the Bible study into the park. So I opened up my home, and we've been having a woman's Bible study since. Well, we thank you uh, for, for your involvement there and your critical piece to our, our leadership team. In 2010, uh, which was last year, um, we did something called Summer to Serve here at, at uh, YZ Free. And as a part of that, one of the things we decided to do is be more intentional about our engagement with Maple Hill. And so we set up some things, and you'll uh, go to the next slide. You can see some of the things that um, came out of one of the uh, some weekly dinners that we did on site. And we were building community. We're talking with people on a weekly basis throughout last summer. And uh, during that time, we would also sit down and kind of do informal need surveys because we're not interested in coming into a community and saying what is it that that community might need. We didn't do that in Mongolia. We didn't do it in Poland. We don't do it in Peru. And we're not going to do it here. And so what we did is we started talking to people. And these are the three things that came up. Um, we talked about easy access to food as a, as a tremendous need, um, which you'll hear a little bit later where they are and why that's a need. Um, activities for children. And thirdly, um, mentoring relationships. So, Jill, um, with regard to the first need, easy access to food, what have we been doing um, in Maple Hill? We got a phone call from Chipotle, and we've um, connected with them, and they donate two nights a week. The food that they would normally throw out, we take, and we bring out to Maple Hill community. We started doing, it was in the summer that we were given this food, so we started doing a potluck, just gathering. There is a park there, and we just invited residents for a free meal, and residents would start bringing food, and it became a potluck and just a celebration to get to know each other. Um, so that's been happening. That doesn't work so well in the winter months in Minnesota. So I found um, two other families in the park that agreed that during the winter months I would bring the food to them and they would distribute it to families that they knew of in the park that could use the food to supplement. 
The other thing that we've done is Fair for All. It's through the Emergency... Emergency Food Shelf Network. Thanks. And um, it's actually a co-op, and this, so the more people involved, they can buy uh, food cheaper. And normally it's about 30 to 40% cheaper than what you would pay for Cub. And what I love about this program is it focuses on meats, fresh vegetables, and fruits and um, at a cheaper price. And normally they would have to go to New Hope to pick this up. We have started a site at Maple Hill once a month. They order in advance, so it's great for learning to budget, and then they get the healthy food at a cheaper price. And on top of that, we also have some partnerships with others. Um, Our Father's Lutheran, which is out of Rockford, is doing a summer lunchbox program. Um, And that is for, now during the summer, they don't have access to their free and reduced lunch at school. And so that what this program does, it allows them to get food four days a week that is packed by this church. And they'll bring it up um, to those who qualify for the free uh, lunch program at school throughout the summer. We'll be receiving food that way. And so um, it's been been fun to watch that. Um, The second thing that we had talked about as a need is um, the need for activities. Now, Lisa, being there, can you tell us why there might be a need for activities for the kids there? The park is surrounded by cornfields. And (laughs) I'm not kidding. You can't even see it from the road. All you can see is corn. People are like, where do you live? The kids need to get really creative with things to do. So my favorite story is one time they decided to put a electric dog collar on their neck and zap each other and uh i just i really think we can come up with more creative ideas for them (laughs) yeah we've been there and it's been amazing to see what activities the kids do come up with um and the last time we were there um i was there for all day and this kid took a bat and was a metal bat and spent the entire day beating a tree with this bat until the bat was a mangled piece of steel so these are the types of things in the middle of a cornfield and a golf course where you really have nothing to do. And so, so what, do you th- what are we going to be doing um, about the need for activities up at Maple Hill? Well, we would like to get a mobile mini, which is like a construction office trailer, to set up there, and we'd start putting programming in there where we'd have some sports clinics, ESL classes, um, homework helps programs, and um, drawing a blank. We oh, the would do, Bible yeah, study. the Bible study. We could run Chipotle out of there in the food distribution. So it would just be more of a permanent site. Because right now, like, we're running things out of the laundry room or out of my van. Or my home. Or, yeah, small. and Lisa's home, too. And so um, as we look forward, uh, the desire would be, just like we've done in other places, right outside our back door, is to put a community center on site. There is support for that idea, not only from this body, but from others in the the community. You'll see if you pull up the next slide. We are not, um, oh, we're going to go over that in just a second. We're not the only ones that are involved in this. So we're going to have a lot more people that will walk alongside of us. Right now, we're going to talk about some of the mentoring was the third goal that I was talking about. And uh, so we um, wanted to be very intentional about that as well, to have bring intentional adults into the lives of the kids at Maple Hill. So what are we doing there? Well, um, some of you may have heard this organization that's based in Minnesota. It's been around for 56 years. It's called Kinship. If you've heard of Big Brother, Big Sister, this is a faith-based organization. And they have been doing this for a number of years. They do just a phenomenal job of pairing adults with kids that are a good fit for them from the ages of 5 to 15. 
Kinship um, was thinking of expanding to the western suburbs. They heard about Maple Hill Estate. Brian and I took two individuals on staff out there, and they were blown away. They just said, we can just see the possibilities here. So they've agreed to partner with us, and there is a table out there that you can get more information in regards to that. Um, so what I like about it is you can mentor a child. It's for a one-year commitment as an individual or as a family. And like I said, they work with ages 5 to 15. And statistically, mentoring makes just such a huge difference in self-esteem, kids going to school, having knowing that there's another caring adult in their life. So we're super excited that they are willing to help train and equip the mentors and also um, do a good job of really finding a good um, some, a good match. So it's not just, oh, great, we have a warm adult and a warm child. Let's put them together. It, it really is. They try to do a good job of matching those. Last week, um, I was in North Minneapolis, and I was at a church called Kwanzaa Community Church. And what they did there is um, they, I was there for the purpose of them opening up a new facility. The new facility is called the Northside Women's Space. And what that is, it's a space that is made for um, women who are in the sex trade. It's a very difficult issue down in North Minneapolis. And uh, one of the things that I was super encouraged about is here we were in this church building and there were people from the congregation there extremely excited and enthusiastic about what we're about to do. They were about to open up the first phase of their building, which they have totally turned over to this work, working with prostitutes along West Broadway and throughout North Minneapolis. And what I loved about it is this whole congregation was excited about doing this, even though and in spite of and because of the fact that it is messy, messy ministry. Imagine, why is that a free saying? We're going to open up our doors and we're going to all of a sudden take a portion of our building and that's what we're going to use it for. Well, that's what this church is doing and that's what they're excited about. Well, sometimes when we're doing ministry in our local community, it can get messy. George and Terry know that. People in Gogov know that. The people in Peru know that. They're living it every day. We get to send people, and then they come back, and that's a wonderful experience. Maple Hill is right out our back door. The upside of that is it's right outside our back door. We get to do wonderful things. The downside about that is we get to see the messiness. So what do we have an option to do? We have an option to embrace that, or we have an option to reject it. One of the things that we can do um, to make it less messy is to engage in this mentoring program. If we begin mentoring, and we have other partners too, and you can go to the next slide, you'll see these are all partners who have, since we started up this leadership group in one year's time, all of these agencies, churches, and organizations have said, we love this vision, we want to be a part of this vision, and we want to take part and do something along with you about this. And so all of these groups are a part of it. So we can go to all five. There's five churches that are represented up here. In addition to ourselves, which we can kind of mine mentors from, partner with individuals at Maple Hill, which will make things easier when the kids come here to Adventure Club, for example, on Wednesday nights, that we can build those relationships and make those long term. So our appeal to you this morning is out in the back. Chris is Lisa's husband. Chris is right over here. Chris is going to be out at the back table. And uh, there is a table where you can get information about kinship. You can get information about Maple Hill. There's a sheet, two-page sheet that will give you kind of the history, what we did last year, what we're going to do this coming year, as well as a variety of other opportunities for you to get engaged in 
at YZ Free Church and out in the community. So if you want to hear more about things like Poland and Peru and Mongolia, if you want to hear more things about there's 40 different ministries that we're attached to here locally that we're doing things, and you can pick that information up at this table. So our appeal to you is to go out there and grab some information. You may not want to make your commitment right now, but you can certainly look at that and see if it might be something you'd like to engage in. So um, we're going to end um, with some prayer, and then we're going to have a um, one song to end us. So if you would join me. Father, I am um, humbled by all that you have chosen to do through your body. Lord, whether it's um, our local church here, whether it's Wyzetta Free, whether it's over in Poland and Peru and Mongolia, whether it's um, with our neighboring churches around us, Lord, you are active, you are vibrant. There is never a a reason why we would not be able to see you active and living um, in our midst and through us. So, Lord, I pray that we make ourselves available. Um, Give us the strength and courage to be obedient to the things that you lay on our hearts. Lord, and use us in mighty ways as we go out to be your ambassadors, to be your fragrance, your aroma in this community. In Jesus' name, amen.